Yes, sir. What's up, guys, and welcome back to the Outfielder Podcast, episode 68, brought to you by Sensibly Loud Media. I am your host, J-Mac, a.k.a. Founder Numero Uno, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Popfly himself, Founder Numero Dos, Ben. Way too much cream. Baseball. Ben, what's going on, man? I love that. That is Oreo life for the win. How are you doing this afternoon, buddy? I'm doing well, man. I'm pretty sure we've used that one before. It's just been a while. It's a good standby, I think. Uh, I haven't quite gotten back to eating Oreos yet. However, I have developed a new fondness for some chocolate chip cookies. Not going to lie, I had cookies for breakfast. I'm 31. Hashtag no regrets. I mean, we're not talking about what is it? What's the cookie cereal? Cookie crunch. No, no, no. This was legit like the grocery store pre-baked ones that are in like that plastic thing that oh, yeah. sounds like, you know, Armageddon when you try to open it in the middle of the night. We always talk about uh, my cat Penny on this show, and she has a very big fascination with those cartons. And so she'll tr- she'll paw at them trying to get into them, but she can't really understand why. And it's wildly annoying. Like Claire and I always have to put those things away in the cabinet, like up away from her because she's just fixated by them. I totally get it. I was fixated by the little chocolate morsels on their golden um, bed of sugar. I bet they were tasty, though. They were, man. The I probably polished off the package with the help of my children in like two days, so it was pretty good. Okay. That's not too bad. Well, I hope that we can maybe get another cookie-eating challenge out of you at some point. I think that'd be cool. Absolutely. Uh, I'm not going to quite say you name the time and I'll name the cookie, but I will say uh, (laughs) that I'm working my way back up to it. Okay, fair. Well, I guess speaking of that phrase, Sam is out this evening. Uh, I'm not really sure what's going on with him. We've had a couple of weird things happening around the office in the last like week. You near you averted death yesterday with that damn spider. Yes. So uh, for those of you who missed it uh, on the Facebook page, Sensibly Loud Media, I shared a few videos of a massive tarantula that I found at headquarters when I was taking out the garbage. Also, why am I the only person that takes out the garbage at headquarters? What the hell? That's a tangent. I I don't know, man. I, I feel like the interns should be doing that. What are the interns doing? I it wouldn't surprise me if they planted the spider. Mm hmm. Well, do we know whose office it was in? Uh, It was approaching uh, Brandon's office Mm. because I think that, I don't know, I think Brandon left like a a fruit salad out on his desk. Jesus. What's he doing eating fruit salad? Well, I mean, we already have gnats in in headquarters, so like we have to be real cautious of these things. Well, I mean, they're, they're, you know, living rent free, but I mean, they're, you know, they're keeping things reasonably uncomfortable in the kitchen it keeps people out of there it's fine do you think sam's absence had anything to do with that massive spider dude i don't think so because sam hasn't really been in the office but ah, dude i don't know if he ate something bad i'm not sure what's going on with sam but i haven't seen him in the office in like a week and he was i mean it took him like six hours to respond to our group text about recording the outfielder tonight to say whether he was in or out so alternative theory I think he had a bad flare-up of gingivitis. Okay. I've been saying it for years. You take care of your teeth, they'll take care of you, and uh, you got to floss. 
loose poops for days. Yeah. Does that- okay. I think that that works. If he did eat something bad, that sounds uh, that sounds pretty accurate. But maybe it is the floss. I don't know. Maybe he should floss. I don't know. Like, it could be any number of things. Okay. I don't Yeah, I'm not really sure what's going on with him. But uh, it, it sucks that he can't be here. But we'll hold things down. We'll talk a little baseball. We'll talk a lot of baseball, actually. I'm, I'm still a little bit... I have a mixed bag of feelings from Red Sox-Yankees over the weekend. Really? Even though Sale was able to pull it off? Dude, Sale... Sale or Price. One of them finally got... Yeah, Price. Yeah, Price. Sale is one in seven right now. Isn't that weird? I mean, that guy led the league in strikeouts for two straight seasons. Like, he's good. It's just... He hasn't either... So, the first couple games, he didn't pitch well the season. And then... He's hadn't been bailed out by his offense at all, man. And it just so it, this was a four game set against the Yankees this weekend. And the Red Sox. So we're a third of the way through the season right now. First of all, that's right. That's right. Pretty it's wild, right? 33 percent down. Yeah, I cannot believe it. And so I've been looking for them to turn somewhat of a, a corner and they kind of keep looking like they're going to turn a corner. They had a really good May. April was terrible, but May, you know, look. A lot better. I think they were they went like twenty one and nine or something like that. They had a pretty good May. I think the issue with the Red Sox in May is that they had a good May, but so did the Yankees. And so yeah. like even though they're making ground, they're not making up ground. Well, right. And the Rays are kind of the same thing there for different reasons. But we'll talk about that. But I've been waiting for them to turn this corner and man, I just we Jason and I were talking about this on the on uh, perpetually correct yesterday, it just feels to me like a hangover, and I, I can't. It feels like the Cubs in 2017. That's right. The World Series hangover is a real thing, and, and even if it's not a real thing, it's a real thing. Exactly. I mean, the only people that they lost were Kimbrel and a couple of relievers this past off season, and I mean the offense just hasn't been clicking. Andrew Benintendi is batting like 280 right now. He looks terrible. Well, that's part of it is so much of what makes a team have that postseason success is, yes, you got to be talented. Yes, you have to have the right people in the right places. But it also comes down to, are you having that sort of lightning in a bottle sort of energy, that team camaraderie where everyone's sort of coming together and getting stuff done? Granted, you don't want to have as much of that at late May, early June, but you want to have a team that's going to have those legs under it for, you know, as the season really starts grinding out. Well, I certainly expect a team that won 108 games last year to be a little bit more spunky than what we've seen so far. I mean, they've had zero spark. I mean, that's what it really comes down to. And they've had parts that have worked really, really well. Like Rafael Devers is having a great season so far. Michael Chavis just got pulled up. He's a top prospect that they pulled up to uh, plug in at second base. Electric. He's been great. They've had really good spots, but... People like and, and Mookie Betts is having so his numbers are right on par with his career stats right about now. So not great, not terrible, you know, just kind of he's just not overperforming. Well, I think with you had people overperforming last year. And so you don't mind a drop off in production. You don't want it, but you don't mind a drop off in production based on season highs as long as you're not underperforming career, because that's whenever you're really starting to hurt the team. So that's that's my take on that. And on the flip side of this, and we talked last episode a little bit about the Yankees, and I I listed them as one of my most surprising 
teams this year because they they went into this past offseason and they strengthened one thing and one thing purely and that was the bullpen and boy do they have an electric bullpen and it allows them to be in a spot where they don't have to have as great as starters because people like Luis Severino are on the DL right now or IL excuse me but working to come off but they don't need guys like Domingo Herman to be going more than like five innings because they can always rely on their bullpen. Well, and that's the thing too. So many teams, they'll have one good long reliever and their closer. But as far as the Yankees are going right now, they have a couple different people that they can run out there. So even if their starter only makes it, you know, into, you know, four and a third, yeah, they have, you know, and that's on Tuesday. On Wednesday, if the same thing happens, they're still able to continue running it at you. Exactly. It's almost like the concept of using a, an opener pitcher, but, but like, just move backwards, I guess. More traditionally, almost. Are we seeing more of that opening pitcher this year? I know that we saw it experimented uh, yeah, the, at the tail end of last year. The Rangers used it the other day. Yeah, the Rangers well, have been using it a good amount, actually. That's right. Was that they threw out, was it LeClerc? Yeah, LeClerc's been kind of serving in that role, I'm pretty sure. I haven't watched a lot of Rangers baseball, but I'm pretty sure that's kind of where he's been. Well, you're missing tepid averageness. I know. Well, I know which is some... better than dumpster fire. Like, I'm happy with tepid averageness. And you sh- as you should be considering what they were expected to be. But I mean, they're, I mean, Boston's only one game over 500. And Texas is two. So, I mean, actually three. So, I mean, that's, I mean, we're not in very dissimilar situations other than the fact that my team just won a World Series. Shut up. <laughs> no, so here's the thing. If the season ended today, you would have Houston, the Yankees, and the Twins in the uh, in the playoffs winning each division. Houston with the best record in the American League, and then you would have Tampa and Texas in the second to earn the two wildcard spots. In the National League, we'll see Milwaukee, the Dodgers, and the Phillies, and then with the Cubs and Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, mean, I mean, it's... And that's just a third of the way through the season. Oh, yeah, plenty of time. That's just, you know, if it happened to end today. I fully expect Boston to make the playoffs, and that's all that really matters. But I just know that they have been sleepy so far, and I can't shake that uneasy feeling that way. But, you know, like, I mean, it's just one of those things. Like, I don't, I mean, no team has ever repeated like that, right? So so if Boston misses the playoffs this year, you're going to shave your head and your beard and just rock baldness and a mustache, right? No, no. so, <laughs> no. Nobody said that. I, I They will not miss the playoffs. I mean, this is the same team that won 108 games. They're going to make the playoffs. It's just a matter of, are they going to be able to heat up at the right time in October? Kind of like what you were talking about earlier. Sure. So, I don't know, man. They, they're going to make up. So, on Thursday, they had a, a postponed game. So, they're going to make that up in August. And then they play, and they lost Friday and Saturday. And then they beat the living piss out of them on Sunday. So, I just, it's. You know, and David Price looked great. So, and the bullpen did not look awesome. They're going to have to go out and add a reliever, but they're probably going to need to add like another reliever and then a closer. But there are going to be so many people out there, and they're going to, I mean, there are going to be so many teams that are going to be looking to get rid of closers. They're going to be able to pick up somebody that's going to help strengthen that back end a little bit for pretty cheap, I'm sure. 
Yeah, I think that, um, and we'll talk a little bit more about it later on, um, but with the draft coming up right now, then we're going to see the final big name sign. And then after that point, that's whenever teams will really be at that sort of uh, piss or get off the pot moment mm-hmm. where we will start to see teams offloading talent. Yeah. And it would not surprise me in the slightest to see Boston make a run at a number of names uh, when we reach that point in the season. But it's not going to be anybody that notable. It's going to be just somebody that can. I'm just trying to think of who I think is going to be available. And it's so hard to tell right this second who's really going to be out there. But there's there's going to be some some relievers out there that Boston could go after that won't cost them an arm and a leg that'll be valuable signings because they're their starting pitching staff is electric. They just haven't pitched that way yet. They're getting there, though. Well, that's the thing is these are the teams that are hovering around 500. You have Boston, Chicago, Cleveland, the Angels, Oakland. That's just the American League. Those are teams within one game of 500 on either side of it, positive or negative. And then in the National League, you have San Diego and Arizona. So amongst those eight teams I just named, you got to figure only a third to half of them are going to make a run, which means the rest of those teams, plus anyone under 500, they're likely to be sellers. Yeah, no, I think so too. I think that I think that everybody's leaned into that whole tank right whenever you get a chance to, if you know that's what's going to happen here. And I think that's good and bad for the sport. We can talk about all that another time, but I just uh, I think that clears things up pretty quickly. And I think you're right. I think that that's where you're going to start seeing your selling points, and that, that'll settle out towards the end of this month. And you kind of know as we start approaching the deadline what things really start to look like. Smart teams will try to get deals done the week before the week of the deadline, you know, before the deadline. So yeah, but not not wait for the you know last minute phone call like within a few days, and yeah. then the rest of the teams will just be saying thanks for the memories. It's <laughs> good. It's good. good. I think there's this weird faction of people that really think that adding Madison Bumgarner is going to shove teams over the edge is like adding a starter. I just worry about that idea in general, because I just feel like he hasn't been what he's been in the past. You've had him on your fantasy team. How's he done? He's actually done. All right. I'd say probably in the top third of starting pitchers, but not quite the dynamic electric pitcher that I was hoping for. Like, would you say you average around 10 to 15 points a start from him? Yeah, I'd say closer to 15, but yeah. Okay, so that means he's striking out about six to seven people aside, something along those lines. So that that's, he, he used to be a pure strike thrower, but he's a little bit more pitched to contact these days as he's gotten older. Well, and, and there's and- a time and a place for it, but I would caution any team to say, all we need is one starting pitcher and we're there because it takes so much more than that. And as it stands right now, looking at the majors, I don't see any teams who are sitting in that spot. Yeah, there are a lot of uh, Twins fans that might tell you otherwise, though. Ooh, that's a good point. I guess the other thing with the Twins, though, is they got to get some people healthy. But I guess you're right. Assuming everyone's healthy, that's a notable exception. I could see Minnesota making a strong case for give us an ace and we'll uh, we'll bring a championship home to the Twin Cities. I mean, they have... 
a 40 and 18 record and their run differential is plus 109. So, I mean, they're beating the living piss out of teams. Sam will be the first to tell you, and I would be as well, that they've been playing in a very easy division and had a lot of divisional games. Yes, 100%. Um, every other team in that division is below 500. And if you really want to look at something interesting, pop up on Baseball Reference real quick and look at their team stats. And I think there's seven of the starting nine out there that are that have an OPS above 850. Dang. It may be 800, but it, I'm pretty sure it's 850. And that won't hold. That just no, doesn't no. hold. That's not how this works. Yeah, that's you'll get that eight to ten weeks into the season, but by week twenty, you're going to have a harder time at the, maintaining that level of productivity. Exactly. Keep in mind, the Red Sox won 108 games last year, right? They, I mean, they had Jackie Bradley Jr. batting eighth and ninth in that lineup at times where he wasn't batting over the Mendoza line. Right, but so much of his game was get on base and make magic happen. Or, oh, it's more his defensive game in the outfield because he plays True. center field better than anybody else. My point is, there are always guys like that on a team where they don't really have a place hitting, just get them out of there. It's almost like having a pitcher bat. It's the same concept. It doesn't matter because your top part of the lineup is going to produce enough runs where it shouldn't matter. In theory. In theory, yep. Then that's just yep. a, a lineup theory that managers have used for years. And so my point is, when your 7 of 9 has an OPS of 800-plus, that just doesn't maintain. It can't. No, so, not at all. I will be very interested. I mean, hey, man, I'm hoping for Minnesota, too, but I've been watching this game my whole life, and I've seen how this goes, and I just I want to make sure they're for real. We watched Seattle do it in the first half of this year. Not even half of this year. First third of this year, where they went from really good to absolute dogs in 10 seconds. Right. No, it's it's just part of it. Yeah. To quote the great Ron Washington, that's the way baseball go. That's right. All right. Well, I think that will round out our banter talk. How about do uh, you know who's sponsoring the pod today? Are you tired of having to chase wild game and kill it by hand? Do you wish there was a better, longer range way of slaying an animal? Well, look no further than Bo Jackson's Bow Emporium. We have long bows, short bows, composite bows, crossbows, even novelty arrowhead bands for your comedy routine. Shopping here won't make you dangerous at a distance, but it will also help you with your short game. We have knives, brass knuckles, and other short-range instruments of destruction to make you a true double threat. Tell them the outfielder sent you to take part in our June buy one, get one free special. Back to you, Justin. applause for our sponsor there do we get like the what's it called like the bows just because we sponsor or they sponsor the pod do we get some test bows uh i took all the test bows and i hid them from you because i fear for the local squirrel population that's fair but in your haste to do that you forgot to have one handy to fend off spiders what if that's what happened to sam is he found one of the bows took a squirrel and undercooked it undercooked it would he cook it at all that's a good point they don't call him the great sambino because he's known for his wonderful squirrel recipes he seems like a just grab it and go sort of guy yeah he's, he's an on the move dude he's you know in and out pretty quickly that that could definitely be it hey he's a 21st century man making things happen indeed 
if he were here to explain himself, that would be you know much better. But he's not, so we'll just continue to to slander and speculate wildly. How about that? Uh, my lawyer says it will just be speculation, not slander. But otherwise, I agree a hundred percent. Correct. All right. Well, in his honor, let's do the POS corner. This is Paul Ramham from WBAT in Cincinnati. We interrupt this regular schedule of programming to bring you this breaking news bulletin. It appears that people have been called pieces of shit from around the globe. Baseball players in particular seem to be the main target. However, no person, concept, or universe is exempt from this cruel but very usual punishment. The perpetrator has been identified as the great Sambino. Police have confirmed that he is still at large and about to take his piece of shit corner. Ding, ding, ding. Huge piece of shit. All right. Since Sam is out, no Sam. We are handling the POS corner this week. Ben, do you want to start us off or do you want me to start off? Uh, I'd like for you to start us off today. Okay, that's fair. So my POS is going to be kind of a general concept this week. Uh, But I'm going to say the slanderers of Bill Butner. Ooh, interesting. Tell me more. So this is something that I really noticed with him specifically because of the fact that he was so well known for his famous gaffe that he had where he in the 86th World Series missed a catch that allowed the Mets to get on base and so on and so forth win the World Series whenever they had been cursed by the curse of the great Bambino. And I thought it was interesting that all we heard about this week in the light of his death was how he missed that catch. And so I actually had Ben look into this a little bit because I was really curious about other people that have had things happen to them in their careers that their career was defined by those things. And whether they're not, whether they should or should not be, they are. I mean, Bill Butner had a 22-year baseball career and a pretty good one at that. But he's remembered for this. And so I had Ben look into this a little bit just to find out more. Yeah, uh, thank you so much, J-Mac. So a couple different names I want to throw at you. We hit on it last week. One, would you say Nelson Cruz should be known only for missing the ball in the 2011 World Series? Oh, man, do you think that's... So it's hard to say for you because you're a Rangers fan, so that's always going to be what you think of whenever you think of him, right? Yep. I mean, he had a really good career here otherwise. Take that out of it. I mean, he was really good here. That's the thing. 15 years from now, when we're looking back, what are you going to think of when I say Nelson Cruz? He's been really good everywhere else he's been. I mean, so he got popped for PEDs, right? I mean, who who hasn't been? But yeah, well, no, yes, right, he yeah. got hit in a fifty game suspension, I think. Right, and so after that, Baltimore signed him because they were the ones that wanted to take a chance on him, and he showed out really well there. They traded him. He went to Seattle. Oh no, I think he just signed with Seattle the next year. Yeah, and then he made his way. He's actually on the Twins the lineup twins. right now. He's right. just coming off the IL. Right. Yeah, and so and he's been electric at all those places, which so, is really annoying. It, I'm sure it is. I don't know if he'll be remembered that way, though, because I I don't think of him. I mean, that's definitely a big thing I think of. But if if I didn't do this show with you guys and you guys didn't bring that front of mind, I don't think I'd really think much about it, to be honest with you. Well, we're too close to it. So let me give you another name. Mm-hmm. If you think of the um, NLCS Cubs 2003, what do you think of? The Cubs in 2003. Was this the Bartman year? 
Exactly. Okay. You can say the Bartman year and people think it. However, there's another play from that series against the Marlins uh, that's much more likely to be attributed to it, even though, oh, yeah. and y- you've been defending Steve Bartman. I mean, Always. you were one of the first people to say Bartman needs to be in the um, in the Cubs World Series parade. Like, they need to, to make amends. They did, at least. Yes. But basically what happened is Cubs ace Mark Pryor forced a grounder uh, of actually a 20-year-old Miguel Cabrera. Can you believe he was ever yeah. 20 years old? I That's know. I remember, I remember th- this actually pretty vividly. Uh, yeah, it was a double play, ground, double play grounder to shortstop Alex Gonzalez. Uh, I don't know if you know this. Cabrera can't really run. No. But Gonzalez whiffed the ball, and um, the inning ended, and uh, Chicago would always be three outs away from going to the World Series. So after Gonzalez missed the play, the Marlins got eight runs in the following inning and ended up winning the series and then moving on and winning the World Series that year. But so many people think Bartman. Right. Most people don't think Alex Gonzalez. And the fact that they went on to lose several more games after that. Like, that's that's the same exact thing with the Buckner deal. Like they, exactly. They went on to screw the rest of it up. So that was just an easy scapegoat. And it's crazy to think that that happened with the... Like, it would be easier to believe that that happens now because of the fact that we have social media that's viral and everything like that. Like, those things happen pretty routinely now. And people get over it pretty quickly. But, boy, did that, like, whenever it was traveling like that, whenever it was so slow to travel, that just makes, I don't know, just gives people time to brood, like, brood in it, I guess, and stew in it. So here's another one. If I said the name Armando Galarraga, what would you say? I don't know if I'm familiar with him. So, nine years ago yesterday, we're talking June second, 2010. He was eight and two thirds inning into a perfect game. Okay, now I'm. What what team was this with? Uh, this was whenever he was um, Detroit. Okay, yep. This is starting to sound a little bit more familiar. So he throws the ball, soft grounder to Miguel Cabrera. Who once again makes this list? Uh, Carrera <laughs> throws it to first, and he's out. But umpire Jim Joyce misses the call, mm. and the perfect game is blown. That he is called rough. it. He called him safe. What's really interesting is that wouldn't happen June second, twenty nineteen, because now we have replay. But that was before instant replay in baseball. I mean, I don't think. I think you're hard pressed to find anybody at this point who argues that it, we should go back to no replay. I I, I would think anyway. I, I can't imagine. I mean, if anybody else has that that opinion out there, please reach out to us. I want to hear that side of the coin. But I just think that that was such a great thing to keep things like that from happening, and that's a real shame. I actually do kind of remember that story. I didn't. I couldn't have told you the name to save my life, but I remember that story anyway. I mean, it's huge. I mean, how how many perfect games have we had in baseball? Like, it's less than 30, right? Right. Something like that. But a so lot here in the last few years. Yeah, I'd say. A lot more than the first, you know, 100-some-odd years of baseball, I would say. I'd say no-nos are becoming a lot more common, but I might, I'd have to see some numbers before I make a judgment on perfect games and their uh, level of frequency. That's fair. Why don't you look into that for next episode? How about that? No, I love it. But yeah. anyway, I did. Uh, that was the homework that you were looking for around other big gaffes in baseball history and uh, whether or not people are remembered for them.
I'm going to give you applause. Even get you some applause there. Thank you. I think it's time for your POS. That's right. Uh, mine's uh, some low-hanging fruit here. Um, this podcast tends to not go incredibly political. This isn't a political one, but there could be some implications here. So I'm going to keep it real brief. Okay. Odubel Herrera. He's my POS this week. Uh, let me start by saying, Justin, has anything good ever happened to you at the Golden Nugget Casino? Uh, not recently, no. Okay. I'll give you another layer to it. Do you think anything would ever happen good to you at the Golden Nugget in Atlantic City? Uh, nothing good happens in Atlantic City or Jersey, really. No, I'll so, say Atlantic City. I'll fight you because of Bruce Springsteen on that. But aside from the boss, mm-hmm. I agree. Okay, fair. But basically, um, Odubel Herrera, he is still, uh, he was he's now on extended administrative leave um, up until June 17th. MLB is kind of dragging their feet on exactly what's going to happen. But uh, he has charges of domestic violence uh, and the charge assault and knowingly causing bodily injury. That's an interesting one. Yeah, according to the Philadelphia Inquirer, Herrera left, quote, handprint markings on his girlfriend's neck and small scratches on her arms. I'm less worried about the arm scratches, but handprint markings on necks? Yeah. uh, That's not a good look. There's only one way for that to happen. I mean, I could stand outside and try to slap your neck for a while, but I don't think you'd love it. And no, we don't... did that last Tuesday, and all it did was just cause my uh, cause my asthma to flare up. Yeah, and Sam got sick, and a spider showed up. So I don't know I what don't... the, you know. No, but, but anyway, I'm just uh, saying that, like, it's not like a, even if I sat there and slapped you on the neck, that wouldn't even, like, get to handprints. Well, it might, eventually. But he had to have gotten her good. That is fucked up. Yes, and that's why Odubel Herrera is my POS, probably for the season, but at least for the week. Yeah, a real asshole for sure. It's interesting that they just traded for Jay Bruce, which I guess we'll talk about in news in a few minutes, but they just traded for Jay Bruce to help strengthen up their outfield, so I guess that makes a lot of sense. Kind of makes you think they're not making a play on getting him back in the season anytime soon. Well, we'll talk about that uh, in news here in a minute. How about that? Perfect. All right, good work on the POS corner. I promise I'll get headline news music for next time, but let's do the news. These are your top contenders to sign Dallas Keuchel. The New York Yankees. Yes or no? Mm, it's possible. The San Diego Padres. Possible. The Tampa Bay Rays. I don't think so. The Milwaukee Brewers. Possible. The Philadelphia Phillies. Very possible. Yeah, I agree. I think that he's likely to go NL, but I could see the Yankees trying to make a play, especially if they're just looking to get consistently better. We talked about the Twins earlier, but I don't see the Twins on this list, at least the MLB.com published. What do you think? Do you think it's more likely the Twins over one of these teams? Um... I don't I really don't know what the asking price there is going to be. But I think that Dallas Keuchel's going to end up 
I, I feel like he's going to end up on an AL team. I don't know why. I mean, maybe it's just because he's always been on an AL team. But it seems like batting would not be something that he'd be looking to do given his injury history with his elbow and all that. I it agree. It seems like unnecessary force on it, I guess, on very tender ligaments as it is. I yeah, know. I think that uh, I didn't even factor in batting when it comes to it. So I could certainly see uh, where, yeah, he'd want to stick with AL for just that reason. It is interesting, though, that it is mostly NL teams that are going to be looking to add that way. And that is definitely a limitation for him. I, I don't really I mean, he wouldn't really have any business on the Red Sox. The Astros don't really seem to need anybody. Um I mean, it'll be a mid-tier team that wants to make a run. Like that's, and that would be kind of a linchpin for that move movement for their fan base, saying we're really going for it this year. I know. I just can't really think of a lot of AL teams that are there. Um, I feel like this is a ridiculous thing not to know, but I feel like I can't really think of any anybody other than the Yankees. Yeah, I. It's or the Twins. So I mean, maybe the Twins are in play there. Have you heard any yeah, talk about that. him signing with them or, you know, considering them? Not yet. I, th- I think so much of it is, uh, you know, he's a Boris client and I think he's just playing his cards close to the vest. And realistically, I think he just wants to get paid. Yeah, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think that it's going to be less than what you may think. I think he wants that's... to play. I really do. I think this whole draft pick thing has been a pretty big cloud hanging all over, over all of it. So what about Craig Kimbrell? He's the other last name. Um to sign up i'm showing most recent talks cubs dodgers red sox braves or phillies he's not coming back to boston i can guarantee you that because they slammed the door hard on that i mean he wanted six years 100 million dollars that was not gonna happen and i just think that he i mean man i think back to last year there were a lot of spots where he looked pretty shaky i mean he didn't close out the world series chris sale did Sure. So, I mean, and that wasn't just because Chris Sale wanted to. Like, there was a reason that they brought Sale in. Right. Exactly. And I just, I feel like that was definitely the right move for Boston. I mean, they were very sure about moving on from him. So, I would be very shocked if they had anything to do with it whatsoever, I, even though they need a closer. So, where do you think they'll, he'll end up? So, what were the other teams you listed? Uh, I listed uh, in order Cubs. Dodgers, Braves, Phillies, Padres, Twins. I could definitely see the I could definitely see the Dodgers making that kind of move because that's very much a Dodgers type of move. Oh, sure. The Twins are more in need of starting pitching than back in bullpen. What's, what sort of a middle finger move would it be if the Twins side both Kimbrel and Keichel? I mean, they have the ability to do that. That would Can be, you imagine what that would do to the rest of baseball and just double birds into the horizon? Yeah, we've seen that kind of thing before, though, and it doesn't that doesn't guarantee anything, I would say. I, I think that would help. I mean, definitely wouldn't hurt anything. Sure. I it, mean, it would make the Twins a better team. But God, man, the Twins have been bad for so long. They really have. It's good to see them have some life into them, but they've been bad for a very long time. I know it's uh, it's interesting to see them actually making something happen. I know. All right. So another news headline for you. Uh, we talked about this already. Jay Bruce traded to the Phillies uh, for prospects from the Mariners. Yeah, man. I think this is a very interesting 
sign from Seattle and very introspective, it would seem, that they're throwing in the towel. They're saying, you know what? We had a really good April and we had a really shitty May and that happens every year and this is not going to continue to work and they got to go about it differently. So everybody's for sales, what it sounds like. Which is super interesting. Not that they're selling, but that they're selling June 2nd. Like that's the part that throws me and that seems like such a huge kind of give up moment for Seattle. I get it based on business is business. I get what they're doing, but man, that's that's so interesting. Yeah, and so we talked a little bit about the Phillies outfield. The interesting thing about it is so they have Reese Hoskins playing first base now. So you've got Harper out there, you've got McCutcheon, and then you've had Odubel Herrera out there, and you've got to do something to help fill that void. They have one more outfielder I'm not putting my fin- my uh, finger on right this second. Hold on. It is. No, I uh, think McCutcheon's, though, he's been doing better than I was expecting. I don't know if he got a lift from Harper being there, but McCutcheon, I think I I was willing to write him off after his time um, in Pittsburgh, but I think he's actually fitting in decently well within the rest of that outfield. Sean Kingery is the other one I'm thinking. Um, yeah, I, we actually talked a little bit about Andrew McCutcheon yesterday on Perpetually Correct as well, because we were talking about his career trajectory and how it's been a little bit weird He's played on less teams than I feel like I remember. It's really just been the Giants and the Yankees since now he's, you know, where he's at. But I just think that they, I mean, adding Jay Bruce, I don't, he's been really spotty over his career, I would say. I've got his numbers right here. So he's got a career 19 and a half war, which is pretty damn good. He's been the best player on a lot of bad teams. Yeah, I'll take a 19 and a half war career. That's that's good. Absolutely. He's got a batting average career of 246 on base 317 OPS is 785 career. That's not terrible. So let's compare that though to this year cuz this year he's batting 212 533 slugging percentage and 816 OPS. And the other thing you'll notice is from about 2016 on he's played a very limited amount of games. I think that this means just as much about Seattle giving up as it means about the Phillies having zero confidence that Herrera is going to be back anytime soon. Right. And I think I, I strongly feel that Seattle will mostly hold until the deadline. I don't think that you're going to start seeing a fire sale in June. I really don't. I think that that was, I think that the Phillies found out about this Odupel Herrera thing. They call. They made a call in, to Seattle and said, hey, you guys are in free fall. What's going on? They made a deal for Jay Bruce like they did. It sounded like that took a couple days to, to kind of materialize, but it finally did. And I think that the, the message was probably loud and clear right there, though, that they're, they're out of this thing. And that sends that message, but that doesn't mean that they're just going to give up nothing. Like They're going to wait until the deadline and move all the pieces they have because they've got a lot of pieces there. Well, and it might the risk is that their pieces are going to lose value between now and the deadline. So at what point does holding on to them to try to get a better deal turn into a sunk opportunity cost? Sure, I get that, but I don't think that I mean that's a risk you you have to take if you're going to you're going to wait to the deadline. I mean, hopefully your whole team isn't going to fall apart in the meantime. And and you know, that does happen. We've seen it. But I just think that there's there's value in in continuing to let value increase as well. 
And I think that that's really what you're dealing with here is that is a a double-sided coin where it could go up, it could go down. That's a risk you're willing to take. Now, if a team's saying, hey, we'll give you a really good set of prospects for this, this guy right now, you do that deal probably if you're Seattle, just because that's where your head's at. But I just think that if you're... I don't know. I think that you got to wait and try to sell as with as high as the market's going to be. Well, that's all you can do. Yeah. It's the whole, you know, buy low, sell high thing. Except this was just an extraordinarily terrible buy low situation where they built, <laughs> they bought a lot, a lot of pieces that don't really work and they'll have nothing to show for it. I mean, they had a free fall when it came Dude, to Dude, that was a terrible May in Seattle. I'm looking up the, the splits right now. Give me a second. Uh, talk, uh, slander Seattle a little bit more while I look this up. Seattle hasn't had a May that bad since Kurt Cobain died. Whoa. <laughs> that is slanderous. That is very... Which, by the way, that was 25 years ago. Oh, yeah, I know. Just the other day, right? I think so. Yeah. All right, anyway, I'll find this later. We need a stats guy. Where are the goddamn interns, once again? Well, I'll tell you where they're not as I transition to the um, next news story. Did you see what happened at Petco Petco Park Sunday afternoon? Is this the bees thing? Oh, my God. Quote, bees descend upon Petco, delay Marlins Padres. They had a 28-minute bee delay. (laughs) Where were they? They were by the uh, home team dugout, like on the net. Was there any like particular thing drawing them there? I mean, I thought they wanted to watch mediocre baseball, but I don't know. I don't speak buzz. Yeah, no, it's fair. Uh, they have a specific language. It's hard to understand. I th- it's mostly dances. I feel like I'm this not is- kidding. That's yeah. how bees communicate in the hive is by dancing. Okay, well, this has gone off the rails. I feel like this happens at least a couple times a year, right? I know, and I don't always feel that it's in San Diego. Like I feel like there's been other B delays somewhere on the East Coast. I feel like it happens in Chicago from time to time, especially with the Ivy out there. Oh, sure. I mean, uh, hey, someone's someone's got to get that honey, yo. I mean, that's just a given. I'm look so they missed I guess 28 minutes the, the of it. Po- The part of the news headline uh, or of the clip, if y'all have a chance to look up this clip, you really need to because the beekeeper comes out there and for a moment, he has like a spray thing. He sprays on the bees. But for just a moment, it looks like he has like a shop vac. And I swear, it's like he's about to shop back up this thousand bees swarming this microphone. And that to me is a sensibly loud intern move. It we really, say, hey, yeah. interns, you got rid of that spider. Now go ahead and get rid of these bees. And they just go out there with a shot back and a Deadpool mask. <laughs> Why the Deadpool mask? One of the Padres players put on like a hoodie and a Deadpool mask oh. and went out there with a couple bats like they were going to try to take him down. <laughs> I didn't see that. Dude, it's funny. I'm going to I'm going to tweet this news article out of the Sensibly Loud account at Sensibly Loud on Twitter. That way people can see. um they can uh, they can look at that article because it's absolutely uh, you're right. The video is worth a watch. So that is our time around the hive. I mean the headlines. We have gone through the news. You're up to date. Can we start calling it around the hive? <laughs> yes. Okay. I don't. Th- are we going to stick to that? I feel like that's something we're not going to stick to. It's something we're not going to stick to. Oh, I have. Um... No, I'm going to save that for blatherings. Okay. 
Uh, anything other no like other notable happening around baseball for you? I feel like the Astros are really hurt right now, and I feel like people aren't really talking about that. Well, the thing with the Astros, they're forty and twenty, but they're doing it hurt. That's a six sixty seven win percent, and they're ten games ahead of the Rangers. Well, excuse me, they're eight and a half ahead of the Rangers. Like the Astros are a freaking good team, even injured. Mm-hmm. And right now, I think Houston versus New York in an ALCS series would be something else. Yeah, it would be. Well, it end up being Houston versus the Twins. is, And so you'd have to be the ALCS to face the Yankees the way things are right now. Their DL, sure. though, or their IL, I keep saying DL. I don't know. I, I don't know if I'll ever really get over the DL thing. I'll try. Um, on their injured list, they've got Altuve, Carlos Correa. Lance McCullers, Colin McHugh, George Springer, Joe Smith. I mean, they've got a lot of people. Max Stacy, they've got a lot of people on their their IL right now. I mean, like um, the first three of those were at the All Star game last year. I feel like exactly. And keep in mind that Michael Brantley is on their roster, who's batting three twenty nine OBP of three eighty five and a nine nine eighteen OPS. A really good baseball player. He gets hurt every year, and that will happen. So it's something to watch out for. But it doesn't seem like it's bothering them much. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, they do play in a division that's really bad other than really the Rangers. It's 50-50. How many series? Have they only had one series against each other or two? Uh, they've had two this year, but they're actually doing decently well. What do you mean? Like the Rangers are? Or the the Rangers in their split with the Astros this year? Like last I checked, I want to say the Rangers were like four and four of six or some stupid number. They always kind of have the Astros numbers other than the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. They That's pretty traditional, though, right? Well, for some of it is as soon as the Astros hit the division was when they started their rebuild. And so the Astros were just terrible. Yeah, that's true. And they didn't really ever play each other much in interleague. It was very seldom. Very seldom. I don't ever really remember hearing about them playing each other in, in interleague. I'm sure I you know, I probably just wasn't watching the rest of the league as much as I do now, but I feel like I don't even recall that being a thing at all. I'd be willing to say that our antennas are up a little more. Yeah, I think that's fair. But I, I think they've got, I mean, worst case scenario, our buddy Parker is going to get to see some time, right? I mean, that would be great. That's right. I hope so. I, I can't wait till. I mean, it's one of those things like, obviously, I don't want the season to be over. But I can't wait to talk to Parker again, see how the season went, and just get his take on everything. Yeah, he's playing out in Fayetteville right now. Fayetteville, uh, Carolina. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad at all. Not having a terrible season either. So, Not in the least. Anything else around baseball that you've seen before we go into blatherings? That should do it. All right, let's do it. I love that music. You're welcome. That's the gift that keeps on giving right there, J-Mac. Yeah, it's a, it's a masterpiece, that's for sure. Also, was that a slow clap at the end of it? No. Okay. No, All right. so anyway, yeah. um, so here's the thing. I have two things of note. Uh, one, did you know that the baseball draft is happening right now? I did. I do. Two, how much do you know about the baseball draft? Here's the thing. 
every year people are talking about the basketball draft in the lottery system and the football draft gets like four months of pre-coverage of who's signing where. I can't even tell you the name of one baseball prospect or who's the first 10 picks in baseball's draft this year, which is just as much an indictment on me, aptly named Ben Baseball, as it is on the draft. So who's at fault? Is this on Major League Baseball for the way that they do or do not publicize the draft? Is this on the way that baseball has such an elaborate farm system, whereas in football or basketball, someone's drafted, you might see them in the bigs the next year. In baseball, that's not going to happen. What do you think? Can I answer your question with a question? Please. That was the question. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No. So do you think that a league who fails to market superstars like Mike Trout and Mookie Betts, do you think that they have enough foresight to think that maybe, maybe we should generate some excitement about this before? before they even hit the major leagues. No, this is the same league that took 90 years to allow a black person to play their sport. Right. A bunch of pieces of shit. A bunch of them. I just can't imagine that MLB ever gets marketing right, because they don't. And this is a prime example of that. In their defense, I will say, it just because... They market the hell out of it. I mean, you could have a lot of players that never see any playing time. But just like the NFL does, how many rounds? Let me ask you this. How many rounds of the NFL draft would you consider watching if you were the ardent NFL fan? One. If I was the ardent NFL fan, I'd probably watch the first three rounds. That's fair. You're not watching rounds six, seven, eight, nine. You know, you're not doing that. Nobody like for the most part, nobody really does that. uh, And that's probably generalizing a little bit, but. For the most part, I would say that the NBA gets this right where they only have two rounds, which is perfect. Now, that would never work in baseball because of the way it's set up. And I honestly imagine, I'm not going to go into the NBA portion of this, but at some point, they'll have to expand into more of what Major League Baseball looks like. But that's another story for another day. The MLB is notoriously terrible at marketing players. And if you want people to watch this you market the shit out of the first two rounds or first round or whatever that's right. where you make have to it get an event right. make people care exactly you can't just expect people to care that's not how this works anymore and unfortunately we're not in an age where people are going out and throwing baseballs with their kid as much that's just that's not the age we live in anymore unfortunately it's sad but it's true no and- that's uh so that's that's my first round of blatherings. I do have one other one. Do we have time for one more today, J-Mac? Oh, we've got plenty of time, sir. Okay. What in the heck is going on with foul balls striking kids this week? We had that horrible story of the Cubs batter who accidentally nailed that one-year-old with the ball. Yeah, that was rough. That was awful. By the way, um, it sounds like the kids, uh, you know, they're updating condition and doing a little better. But the same thing happened yesterday at an, at a Cleveland game. So four episodes ago, you and I are getting into it saying, in part, you're at a ball game. You have to be paying attention. Correct. There's a certain thing. Mm-hmm. But at what point do the teams, the ownership group, who are making billions of dollars need to take a little bit extra precaution in making sure that their players are, excuse me, that their fans aren't potentially getting killed at the sporting event. 
yeah, it just gets to be one of those things where it's really hard to, like, really, really tough to combat. Like, what do you really do? Extra nets? Because here's the thing. The reason that they don't have the nets right now uh, all the way down the line or anything. I mean, it's about obstructing the view and they want to make money and they want to sell those seats. They want people to get a ball, which is totally fair. But when the stadiums were designed, people didn't have cell phones. You know, like you got to factor in next time you're watching a game, pay attention to anyone behind home plate. Yeah. The next time you watch a pitch, probably 40% of those people who have paid thousands of dollars to sit in those seats are going to be looking at their phones. It's totally you can fair. assume the same thing behind the dugouts. Like, and the crap part is MLB, unless there's enough fan outrage, they don't have incentive to change because they're not liable. It's true. They put it on the back of the ticket. Right. It's on the back of the ticket that you can be struck. And by agreeing to sit in the stadium and watch the ball game, you are um, eliminating Major League Baseball or the team's liability from that. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's a tricky thing, right? Because it really is a hard thing to combat. Let me ask you this. If you're sitting, so say you're at the ballpark in Arlington. You've been known to frequent this place a lot. Yes. If you're sitting up in the 300 sections, looking down towards home plate, do you even notice the netting? Well, that's the thing. In the 300 section, the ball theoretically has lost enough velocity you know, the last no, no. time I was in the... I'm just saying, like, do, like when you're just looking down, do you just... Like, does that obstruct your view in any way? No, not at all. Then why don't they just put more nets in? Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's what I was getting, getting at. Thankfully, no kids have died this year. But two children within the last seven days? Mm-hmm. That's horseshit. Well, and on top of that, I mean, you remember last year... Maybe it was two years ago. I don't recall which. It was the... Uh, at the... At Fenway Park a bat broke and hit some woman in the face and she was in a coma for like three months. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, that, that is different to me in a little, in a way because foul balls can go sky high. And I mean, that's a little bit harder to control, but some nets around, I mean, you don't have bats, broken bats going sky high typically. So how angry are you going to be if you paid money to sit behind the dugout and there's a net in front of you? Not that angry. Right. I mean, it has like a inch and a half webbing on it. Exactly. I mean, it's not that big of a deal. Anyway, to sorry to bring it dark safe. for the end of an episode, but that's my blathering uh, MLB draft. Why should I care? And also, why are children keep getting hit? Why do kids keep getting hit by baseballs? Well, if you like what you're hearing, make sure to check us out. We are at sensiblyloud.com. Plus, we are all over social media. Check us out on Facebook. We are on Instagram and, of course, the good old Twitter. And if you like podcasts, and I think you do because you've made it 56 episodes into an Outfielder episode, then check out any of our other podcasts. We have Just Peachy, our show about reality television. There's Perpetually Correct, which is your all-things sports podcast. Of course, we have Sensibly Loud Radio, your one-stop shop for music, news, and entertainment. And finally, did you know it's playoff basketball season? Well, those boys over at On The Break do. Check them out. Thanks y'all so much for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. We would like to thank everyone for tuning in for episode 68 of the Outfielder Podcast. We would like to thank all of our fans, Sensibly Loud Media, our sponsors, and those with the sharp eye to keep the runners close. Grounds crew, please keep patrolling that outfield. 
Don't text and drive. Big ups to Kevin Towers. And we'll see you right back here next time on The Outfielder Podcast. Get it, you want it. Now, now, now. We live by anything.